This breakout session with Greg Hendricks was recorded at David's Tent, San Diego, 2019. Come on, so you know, we're, we're going to have fun in here, and if something makes your heart leap, um, like uh, the baby in Mary's belly when Elizabeth showed up, you know, you feel free to say amen. You can say amen, you can say hallelujah. If you're feeling real good, you can run around the sanctuary. Ain't no, no judgment in here, okay? No judgment in here. It's just strictly the love of the Lord uh, as we're in this place, and so glad that you're with us. And, and, and before we even get started, before I even get praying, I already know what you're thinking, I know what you're going to say, okay? So it just really depends on what group of people you're from. So if you're familiar, if you're a hooper or a basketball player, they say, oh man, you look like Kobe. If you are a, in the hip-hop industry, oh man, you look like Tupac. And if you're in the Christian industry, they say, oh, you look like Francis Chan. So let's just get that out the way. Okay, let's just get that out the way. I, I've, heard, I've heard them all. Okay, so don't feel bad if you say, oh, you look like Francis Chan. I've had people come up to me at events and like, we're so glad you're here and your ministry means so much to me and I can't tell you what your Devo did to my life. And I'm like, you just don't know who I am, huh? And he's just pouring his heart out, pouring his heart out, and finally had to burst his bubbles. You know what? I am Francis Chan. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Amen. Okay, so uh, again, I'm a big uh, advocate of family. There's some people that go to our church. Uh, a friend of mine's in the room and a big advocate of family. And I believe the Lord, and originally I was going to come and I was going to share with you about hearing God's voice for breakthrough. That was the original thing. And then I woke up this morning, I was like, all right, I'm all ready, God, let's go. And he's like, okay, you, you know, the holy, the righteous switcheroo. You ever had that happen to you? The old righteous switcheroo. And he's like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. I was like, oh, we're not talking about that? No, I, don't want to I want to talk about family. I want to talk about unity. And I was like, okay, um, Lord. Uh, I don't have anything prepared. And he said, that's how, that's how I want it. I don't want, I don't want preparation. I just want availability. I don't want ability. I want availability. It's the only ability I require of you today. I said, okay, that's, that's what we're doing. So um, I'm excited to share with you. If you want to turn to uh, Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, verse 30, feeding of the 5,000, says, Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest for a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place and the boats by themselves. Stop right there. So the key, first and foremost, to receiving revelation and true blessing for what God has for yourself is to do exactly that. Get in a place with your community by yourselves to hear from the Lord. It's the first thing that he was trying to model to us in this setting, is that the disciples pulled aside, they sat with him, and they postured their hearts to receive an outpouring for what he had for them. Because he was about to reveal to them the understanding, the importance of heaven and what it looks like. Okay? So point number one is get alone in your community together and posture yourself before the Lord. Okay? But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities they arrived there, or they arrived before them and came together to him. Verse 34. And Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Now, let me stop right there. In our church, I'm, I, I got to give this to you, okay? In our church, I'm a pastor here at the Rock Church. Rock Church is, if you guys have never been to San Diego, is one of the largest churches in San Diego. I'm not saying that to brag by any means. I'm just saying just to give context. 
And in our church, uh, we always do something. We'll say, like, who's the man? And everybody says, Jesus. And you have, like, a little dip to it, like, Jesus. Like, you say a little dip. Like, not like Jesus, but not like that. <laughs> but, like, Jesus. Like, you say a little dip. So we'll try that. We'll try that real quick, okay? I'll say, who's the man? And then you guys say, Jesus. Okay, okay. Who's the man? Jesus. Okay, I'm sure you're going to hear it here at 2 o'clock. So just beware because there's some rock, rock people out there. Okay, so when you see the word from now on, you see Jesus in the Bible, that's just going to be in your brain. You're going to be like, Jesus. You're like, he was eating with the disciples. Jesus. You're going to be walking down the street. Hey, girl. Jesus. And keep walking. You know, it's just going to catch on. It's going to be like a thing. Trust me. You'll be blessed by it. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion. Everybody say compassion. For them, because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something. Everybody say, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread? Lord, we ain't even got that in our pockets. You was like, That don't say that in my Bible translation. Some of you have the KJV, King James Version. I got the RJV. I got the Rick James Version for all you. People don't know Rick James. You're like, I don't even know. I'm from Ireland. I don't know who Rick James is. And I'm just, no, just, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. He was a old, yeah, he's a, you don't want to go there. Okay. But he, said, but he said to them, how many loaves do you have? And he said, go and see. And when they found out five and two fish, then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. Stop right there. So Jesus, there's a multitude of people, okay? You have about 5,000 as it's recorded in the Bible. Now, many of you in this room know this. This is not something you have to be a biblical scholar to know. But at that time, they didn't record the women and the children. So technically, there were actually more than 5,000 people that was recorded here. Now, imagine this. I want you something. Maybe you never didn't catch this. He said, I want you to sit down in groups of 50 to 100, over 5,000 people, now, this was not a literary age, okay? This was a farming era. That's why you see a lot of parables in the Bible are reaping, sowing, farming. There are a lot of those types of parables in the Bible. Why? Because it was a farming era. So people couldn't necessarily count, read, and write. It was very hard. If, 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 in order for you to have that type of revelation, you had to study, study under a rabbi. So if you had any type of... Um, knowledge to you or bandwidth to learn, you would be already been studied by, identified and studying under a rabbi, okay? But Jesus tells his disciples, okay, get them in groups of 50 to 100. Do you know how long that would take to gather 5,000 people as recorded in the Bible? There's more than that now. Now we're tracking. Are you guys tracking with me? To get 5,000 people in groups of 50 to 100, think about that. That's like saying, okay, listen, I want you, I know you don't know how to count, and I know they have children, they're hangry, hungry and angry, they show up, you know, so there's a lot of attitude going on, there's probably like, I want to get in line because I'm trying to eat, and everyone's following me, so I want you guys to organize yourself. I want you to organize yourself and get in groups of 50 to 100. That takes a long time for 5,000 people, let alone it was more than that. What is God saying? He took a crowd and turning it into community. He was saying that was important because blessing, real blessing, 
multiplicated blessing has to be received in community. So it requires people to put down your hangry symptoms, your angry symptoms, your differences, to become into community to receive the outpouring for what he was going to give to the masses. Second point I want you to know is community is very important to the Lord because it is the premises for an outpouring for the masses. It is the premises for the outpouring for the masses. And as we see here, as we pick up the story, you're going to see what point I'm trying to make too as well. Okay? Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in the groups of the grass. They sat down in ranks in hundreds and fifties. That just blows my mind. I can't imagine. Okay, Johnny, you get over here with your mother, and, and, and you, you get over here with your dad. And well, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be over here. They're trying to figure this all out. In the Bible, it just makes it look like it just flowed into one thing. 5,000 people, I guarantee you, all the people out there right now, I know there's not 5,000 now people out there, but if I commissioned you, okay, I want you, you, and you to go get those groups of 50 to 100. It's going to take you some time. It's going to take you some time. And what the Lord is saying is sometimes not only is community important, but it's going to take time for the outpouring blessing that he has for your life. It's going to take time. But if you're in community, you can grow in a greater revelation of who God is in the midst of that time. Because now you start to multiply yourself. The, the miracle wasn't just the multiplication of the bread and the fish. The miracle was the grouping of the people, was the revelation that they were receiving it together. And the most importantly, that they can leave, that they can leave together with the understanding to multiply themselves. It was a prophetic picture of what was going to happen with the gospel. Those five loaves and two fish was a prophetic picture that these people were going to receive a blessing, but they were all going to leave like, we all got fed. All of us, including my children, we all got fed. And you know what? I had it in community with her, and she had it in community with him, and he had it in community with her, and she had it in community with him back there. And we all partook of it together. Why? Because it's important that we are unified in the body of Christ for the outpouring and blessing. It's accelerated and maximized in that capacity. Okay, then it goes on to say this. So they sat down in the ranks of the hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. Stop right there. So now God takes it. God, Father, I thank you for all these people here. I know they're hungry. And Lord, we just bless this in your name. Breaks it and he gives it to Peter. And he gives it to John. And he gives it to James. And he gives it to all the people that are in the room. And they're passing it out, and it's multiplying. They're like, whoa, man, I got more. Oh, I got some more. What is he saying is that he wants to partner with you for a miracle and outpouring of his love to the masses. He didn't hand them out himself to the people. He partnered with the disciples to hand them out. And what he's telling you, he's like, I want to partner with you to hand my Holy Spirit out to the masses. I want to partner with you and multiply through you. So not only do they get fed, but you get front row tickets to my goodness. He wants that with you. But he wants you to do it not separately. He wants you to do it in community. Because now you can all testify with one another, where two or three witnesses are gathered in my midst, therefore I am. Why is that important? Because when you are in his midst together, it's a greater witness of who he is. 
Not saying that you're discredited or anything like that or your story or testimony isn't true, but it's even more powerful when you have your sister with you, when you have your brother with you. And it's even more powerful if I, as a black man, have a white guy with me or if I have, as a woman, have a man with me or a sister with me. When you guys don't look alike and you're doing it in community, that is the greatest reflection of the kingdom of heaven, of our Father in heaven, to the masses. And he was trying to reflect that to the disciples. He was trying to tell that to the disciples. This is not just about the miracle of the five loaves and two fish. You got to dig down to the meta narrative of the story. There was all kinds of miracles going on in hearts at that time. And it was a prophetic declaration of what he wants the kingdom of heaven to look like. It's diverse. It's not black, white, okay? It's not Filipino, Asian. It's all of that. It's all wrapped up together so that we would be a reflection to the masses of what family really looks like. I got news for you. The church has the solutions. The only reason why there has not been something of a movement of God is because we have to be unified. It can't be charismatic and Catholic over here and this over here and this over here. Okay, We have to be unified to a certain degree so that God would be reflected to the masses. That's how, that's, that's, that's the church. And we carry the solutions. I'll give you an example. Sitting in this meeting, right? Mayor of San Diego, sitting in this meeting, we're at a table. Ton of clergy in this room, a ton of clergy, okay? A lot of them weren't very young. I'm just going put it, to put it out there, okay? And we're all sitting there, and someone in the north had an issue. There was a shooting in the north. But there was a vandalism in the, in the, in the west, and then there, something happened in the south with some, some ministry down there. And none of them knew it, what was going on with each other's congregation or what was going on within the body. So they're like, yeah, you know, did you know this happened? We had a shooting up here. No, we didn't know that. Did you know that my building got vandalized over here? No, I didn't know that. And, he was, and, and at the end, I raised my hand. I said, you know, Mayor, I said, have you ever thought about creating an internal communication network just for clergy? that senior pastors and maybe their admins and maybe their associate pastors can have access to so that the church is communicating with one another. So if there's a, a blessing in the north, then we get communication in the south. There is an outpouring in the east, then we get communication in the west. And the mayor turns, I love that idea. Matter of fact, let's get started on that right now. The mayor of San Diego, just like that, boom. The church, you, all of us, we have the solution. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit speaking to us. But if we're not in community as family, if we're not communicating with one another, then that blessing only flows into a conduit and doesn't flow out of there. God's saying it's important for us to be in community. Okay? So keep going. So they all ate and were filled. Everybody say, and we're filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of fish, of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men, okay? So now you have this outpouring, this huge blessing that God pours out on the masses. He's equipping them to help them understand the importance of community. They have 12 baskets of leftovers, 12 baskets, okay? One for each disciple at the time, okay? Judas had yet to hang himself. So he's still, in the, he's still in there. 
And, and let me side side note real quick. Side note, it's a rabbit trail. Let me shoot this rabbit. Okay. Side note, do you ever you ever thought to yourself that Jesus, the guy who's going to betray him, he made him in charge of the money? That's crazy. Think of the grace about that. Think about the grace, even on his life at the time. You're going to betray me, but I'm going to make you in charge of the money. Because I'm going to show how much, how unwavering my grace is. I'm going to show how faithful my grace is. Crazy. Side note, side note, side note. Okay, so back on the trail, back on the trail. Verse 45, immediately, everybody say immediately. He made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side of Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at, straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. And when he saw them, saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and he cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. Everybody say troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer in his eye. Do not be afraid. They saw him. Okay? They saw him and were troubled. They saw him and they were troubled, but immediately he talked to them. He talked to them. His voice brought them comfort. His voice brought, him, brought them peace. His voice aligned their GPS with who he was. GPS don't stands for God Positioning System. That's what GPS stands for. Some of us in here, in community or without community, his voice should bring you peace and calmness. You know what? I struggle to hear his voice that time. Get in a space, quiet yourself down, and just listen. Sometimes you don't even have to pray. Just sit there, God, I'm listening, and I'm listening. And it may be one word or maybe two words, forgive your mother. Forgive your neighbor. Tell, tell your dad you love him. But, but my dad really abused me. I know he did. But tell him you love him because it is I who lives in you. It is I who has resurrected you. It is I who has brought you back from the dead. It is I who has fulfilled my promise to your life. And he's trying to get us to that space. So these guys see a crazy miracle amongst 5,000 people as a community, as a family, and immediately what happens? They go testing right away. How many of you in here see miracles or see a blessing in your life and then immediately resistance? Something happens to you. How many of you in this room? I'll raise my hand. I'll raise my hand for some of y'all in here because some of you may not be honest. That's okay. That's okay. But immediately there was testing there was resistance. But here's the crazy part. The, the, the sea is blowing. They're tripping. Lord, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. But they failed to realize what God already did that was already sitting in the boat. They failed to realize that, man, we just came from a miracle. There's 12 baskets full of old fish and soggy bread in our boat. They failed to realize what God did just a little bit while ago, they failed to see that the power of the testimony is the prophecy of Jesus. They failed to see that the fact that they already had their breakthrough sitting in the boat. 
As a family, they totally forgot that. I got news for you, family. Some of you in here, your breakthrough is already sitting in your boat. All you got to do is turn around and say, oh, yeah, I remember that devil be gone in the name of Jesus. Can't you see this right here? This proof that God has already freed me, that God already provided, that God already healed me. Isn't this, you have proof already. And if you need any more proof by looking in the boat, look at the cross. You already have the proof. And he was trying to say, you already have a witness with you. But they failed to see that. They failed to see that. And the crazy part is they all missed it together. They all missed it together while they were in community on the boat. So what I'm trying to encourage y'all is, number one, when you experience God, experience him in community. Okay. Number two, when you receive your blessing, you become a greater, more effective witness because you guys receive it together. And then number three, don't forget about what God did. Look at your 12 baskets of leftovers in your boat. Look at the 12 baskets of goodness of God in your boat. Okay? So then it goes on to say, then he went up to, into the boat, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Everybody say marveled. For they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. Because their hearts were hardened. They were just basically going from blessing to blessing to blessing, and they were failing to realize the depth of what that blessing was. So that, that small little space was hardened in their heart. How many of you guys ever read that story about the, the road to Emmaus, the two disciples, right? In the Bible, okay, these guys are actually walking with Jesus, and Jesus shows up, hey, guys, what's going on? Man, didn't you hear they crucified Jesus yesterday? Where was you at? And they're yelling at him. You, you weren't there where you, you were supposed to be there, and, 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 and he was supposed to raise from the grave. You don't know what's going on. Where was you at? And he's like, oh, okay, you know. And, and sometimes that's some of us in this room. We walking with Jesus, and he's like, daughter, I'm here with you. How you feeling? I don't know, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on you, but you ain't showing up, and you telling him that. Or you know what, God, you know what, I, uh, uh, God, I don't know if you're going to break through. I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen. And he's like, son, look at the boat. There's 12 baskets of leftover goodness, leftover pizza in your boat. And he's trying to remind us day in, day out, day in, day out of how good he is, how faithful he is. You have this beautiful event that came to San Diego, David's Tent, beautiful event. It's been going on in UK, and they've been getting thousands and thousands of people. We are on the premises of greatness right now. We're at the starting point. You should mark this day in your heart because there's an outpouring that's going on in this place. Don't get fooled by what you don't. Yeah, come on. Don't get fooled. Don't get fooled. Because there's only that many people on the lawn. Because there's a cloud of witnesses filling all the gaps right now. There's a cloud of witnesses out there worshiping right now. Don't get fooled by what you see with your eyes. But be led by who's living in your heart. And God is saying, I have greater. I have more. Don't be fooled by that. I want to make sure I'm on time. I got 15 minutes. Last thing is this. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. Ran through the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick 
wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him here made as well. That's the end of the passage. So Jesus arrives. These disciples go from blessing to hardship back to work. From blessing to hardship back to work. God didn't say, hey, guys, you okay? Okay, now you guys believe in miracles? Okay, now go ahead and go back to it. God is saying, no, I already showed you my glory. Will you inhabit hard times? Absolutely. Will it look like it's not a successful thing? Yeah, it may look like that. But I want you to reflect on what I did in the U.K. I'm going to do in the U.S. How I started in the U.K. is how I'm going to start in the U.S., how I multiplied in the UK, I'm going to multiply in the US. And we, those who inhabit this land here, some of us aren't from here, some of us are here, the blessing has been poured out. We have just partaken of the five loaves and two fish by this event being here. Now, what do you do? You take it and you go in your city and wherever region you're at, you build community and you multiply. And you multiply. Did you hear what happened at David's tent? No, I didn't hear what happened. The goodness of God showed up. You're not lying. Okay, listen, it's a miracle that they're even here. Can I get an amen? It is a miracle that they're even here. But you are partaking of a miracle. Men, women, young children out there, you're looking at five loaves, two fish in another form. You're looking at five loaves, two fish, and you guys are all partaking and eating. You all are in this room partaking and eating right now. Yeah. And we just praise the name of Jesus. So here's the deal. You're going to leave here, and life does kick back in. You may hit a windstorm, but I want you to look at your wristband, your five loaves, your extra 12 basket. Look at your wristband. Okay, look at your wristband and say, oh, you know, I was there. I remember when God showed up at that. I remember when I was at David's tent and God touched me. I remember when I was at David's tent, I came with a, 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 a heavy laden burden on my shoulder, but God lifted that up because in his grace, he said, take my yoke for this light. I remember when I was at David's tent and I got touched by the Holy Spirit. You're partaking in your five loaves and two fish right now. And I'm giving you a fresh revelation for you to take out and go into the city, go to Pasadena, go to Ireland, go to the U.K., go wherever God has you at and multiply in the name of Jesus. One of the things about multiplication, too, is about hearing God's voice, right? So you have Abraham, right, Old Testament. I believe it's Abraham. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's just slipping my mind. He's on his deathbed. No, it's uh, Isaac and Jacob are battling for the blessing, okay? They're battling for the blessing. And, and the mother is trying to manipulate the situation. Hey, dress up like this and, and, and make the food and, 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 and go do this. And he's on his deathbed, and he says something really, really profound. And I, sometimes we speed past just a small little piece of scripture. And he says, he's feeling them. He's like, wow, Esau and Jacob, excuse me. He was like, wow, the, the voice sounds like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. You, you, you feel, I can feel the hair. You're kind of hairy. 
You feel like my son, but your voice sounds like your brother. There's a key principle in that. What is the principle? Is you got to know the voice of God. He went by what he felt, not by what he heard. Your feelings will mislead you at times. Oh, I'm feeling this way. Well, what is God's voice saying to you? Is it aligning with the anointing and calling on your life? Or are you missing it? Well, you know, it feels good. It feels, this feels right and it feels right. Well, what is God's voice saying? Are you going by what you're feeling in the midst of your, your turmoil? Oh, I feel like this might be the right thing. Or are you going, you know what, God, I'm, I'm tuned in to the frequency of your voice. And I'm not moving until I get that word. I'm, I'm going to continue functioning day in, day out of my life, but I'm not going to make a move until I get confirmation for your word, whether it's sitting in your word, being in your word. I say this to my church all the time. Listen, I'm not anti-social media, okay? I like social media if it's used for the right reasons. But let me just keep it 100 with you. And when I say keep it 100, that means keep it as 100% honest. We'll keep it 100 with you. Some of us need to take your face out of Facebook and put your face in his book. Okay? Some of y'all, well, you know what, Pastor? Yeah, I got you right there. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I don't even do Facebook for old people. I don't even do Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Okay. I like Instagram, too. My wife loves it. But some of us is building our identity in Instagram, the likes on Instagram, when you should be building your identity in the great I am. I, need, I, ain't, get, I ain't get enough likes. God liked your page before you even had a page. He made your page. You were made in his image. What does that have to do with family? Absolutely nothing. But is that a word for someone in here? I believe it is. You know, you know some people are like, I'm going to turn around and erase my Facebook, right? All jokes aside, you see the multiplication of the blessing. And we're sitting here at an inaugural event for this city, this region. This country, this country, and you guys are in the midst of your five loaves and two fish right now, right now. I'm, give, I'm, I'm helping you to see a little bit what God is doing right now. It may not look like a ton of people out there. Don't be fooled by that. The enemy will say, oh, there's not very many people here. But God says there's a cloud of witnesses out there right now. You don't know how many angels are running around this property right now. And people are getting blessed and healed and set free. Do you know how many resurrected hearts are in this place right now? People coming in here with suicidal thoughts, but they're leaving out of here with kingdom thoughts. Do you know how many people are receiving prophetic insight, prophetic words, prophetic dreams are coming to pass on these grounds right now? Five loaves and two fish is being multiplied before your very eyes. Before your very eyes. And you all get to take Taste and see. Psalms 34, get to taste and see that the Lord is good. That the Lord is good. Now, you go and you multiply yourself. You talk about it. Man, I was out there with a sister from the Philippines, and we was out there praising and worshiping. It was sweating. It was hot. But, man, we saw the glory of the Lord showed up. You are witnessing. You need to come next year when they come back here. Because I'm prophesying in the name of Jesus that they will be back here, and this place will be completely flooded. Completely flooded. And you will be the advocates. You will be the voice pieces. You will be the mouthpieces for the Lord. And I hear you. Trust me. 
when I tell you this, you're going to lead this, and immediately strife, life, things like that, all that stuff is going to come up against you. But the Lord is going to say, take your eyes off the wind and put your eyes on what's in your boat because I'm in the boat with you, and I want you to see the multiplication that I've already done in your life. I want you to see the multiplication of where I've brought you from. I want you to see the multiplication of how God is doing a crazy work in this project, in this mandate. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Hit subscribe to hear more. And if you want to find out more information about David's Tent, go to www.davidstent.net.